When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No. No, man. No, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sun down, shining in. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind. On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the Hello, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tim Al. We have Greg Pappas in studio on the board and in studio. SP Futures down 17. NASDAQ Futures down 82. Interesting news of the day so far in terms of uh, the markets is the gold. Last night was up 29 bucks, and uh, was well over 2100 Now it's up $0.30. Cents. They're fighting. And uh, gold soars past $2,100, new record. However, now it's up $0.10. Cents. <coughs> and we have Bitcoin. It's up almost 2000 bucks, 41544 I ask you, what's the difference between a stock trading like 80 times revenue and, a, and, a, and a, something that has no value whatsoever trading 41000 What's the difference? Uh, I don't know if there's much difference. No, what's the difference? He's might, might as well be, you know, one of your flannel shirts going for a hundred grand. What's the difference? Just have at it. Have at it. You know, just yeah. go go for it. I mean, what the hell? That's what. Might as well do that. So, uh, interesting stuff this weekend in sports. Um, obviously, everybody's opinionated one way or the other on this college football playoff thing, and you're on the opposite side of me, meaning you must be wrong, right? <laughs> I'm. I'm I'm thinking that what the committee did was they took the injury into account and they said, FSU, you're out. Alabama, you're in. You know, complain. So you're you're starting, I think, from the wrong point. No matter what it is, Alabama's in. Maybe. Because they're the SEC. Maybe. Now that means Texas has to be in because they beat Alabama. And plus Texas has got all kinds of money. That leaves FSU out. So I think if, now if you take yours to the <coughs> your logic, such as it is, to the extreme, we should do that in every single sport now. If you win, that would be more fun. Huh? If you win 110 games in Major League Baseball, and you're heading for the playoffs, and all of a sudden your star pitcher gets hurt, you should just be if out. If FSU maybe had won by like 30, what's the difference? I don't know. I think they do take <coughs> that into consideration because they had the injury, and I think they won by 10. Does anybody even know where the injuries are on the other teams? What do you mean? Well, what, what if Alabama was short three linebackers and two defensive ends? Does it make a difference? It makes no difference to them. 
Uh, Alabama beat Georgia. I understand that, but what yeah. if if they have four injuries and neither one was throwing the ball? I think Louisville was sixteen, and so okay. that's that's a good win, but that wasn't exactly a win over Georgia. I'm not the conference championship. The uh, the argument is not for me anyway. The argument is at the end of the year, who are the f- who would be the four most favored teams? The argument is one of record. It's one of a twelve game season. There's been plenty of years in baseball and in football. We've done it in football forever. Right. And what if what if the Eagles end up the number one seed in the last week? Four of their best guys get hurt. We don't take the number one seed away right. from them. They don't. They don't do that in in <laughs> in much, professional in sports. They're doing anywhere. <coughs> so the the playoff selection committee really made a judgment to take the <laughs> the SEC and leave out ACC. So there you've got four spots, you've got five power conferences, so obviously there's going to be a little bit of a conflict of well, you got four spots, you got five power conferences. That's a problem. Right. But in my opinion, some of that goes away next year because the 12 team playoff system is going to go into effect. So they I think I've, how long has it been with four? I don't know. Uh, at least, at least. I'm, I'm gonna say too long. Yeah. So they tried that. Now they're trying, trying something else. And Florida State, if it was next year, they, I don't think they would be complaining as much. I so think at the end of the year they should all be in a tournament, and they should play till May. They're 19 years old. They should play 25 games. We don't care if they're hurt. We don't want any concussion protocols. Just play because we want the money, and gambling needs it. And for for those of us who don't know, <coughs> or for those of who don't know, um, Florida Florida State's quarterback, his name is Jordan Travis. He broke his leg last month, and they supposedly haven't been the same. So, well, oh, but the second string guy, he got a concussion. concussion. Now yeah. he'd be back, and, th- and with their third string guy, they still won. Right. the The true freshman uh, is Brock Glenn. And he stepped in, and they they beat Louisville. Yeah, so is, they still won. Testament to the team, really. Well, so, yeah, that's yeah. my that's exactly my point. Right. So, there's no way that Travis would be back, but um, Rotomaker would be back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. But I mean, this this uh, is all be, this has all become part of the vernacular. You ever? You ever um, they didn't. I, I think they wanted to avoid a s- scenario. Um, where well, first of all, who's they? Last year, the selection committee is solely responsible for. Okay. That. So and, and, and Georgia they absolutely ran over TCU. Okay, but it was like sixty to ten, or, or I'll look it up. But but it it was it was real bad. So maybe that was a little bit of punishment for last year too, for when when a conference champion uh, got their butt kicked. Um, and we're going here where with amateur athletics. Yeah, I don't know. There's been a lot of buzz on Twitter both ways, and my my favorite was that FSU is going to do their own their own network and stuff with the Saudis. And <laughs> well, I mean, this is a if you took this to the NCAA basketball, well, if somebody loses in the first round, you should put them right back in, right? Yeah, Norvell was real pissed. He was. He was saying like the integrity of the league is gone. What well, is? Well, there is no integrity. Thing and where, 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 when do you there think never was? There never was. Yeah, uh, but that's okay. I, I, I think that Alabama would beat up on FSU even with their 
you know, superstar quarterback. So, am I against it? Not really. Well, I mean, where where do there's you? There's gonna be there's no there's gonna be a better game on TV. So, you know, it's. What if what if somebody came out of the prison league? Should we put them on TV? I'm pretty sure that some of those those people in the SEC. Well. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, I mean, where, where 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 are we going here? I think ever since Miami in the early, in the late '90s, early 2000s, and you know Ohio State after that, you know, we've had some serious, or not Ohio State, Florida, Florida with Urban Meyer, we've had some serious ethics concerns. I, you know, I, I just I don't know where 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 we're heading with that. I don't think there's any doubt that there can come a year. You know, if it with especially with the four playoff or with, or with if if two teams are arguably the best in the country, and the, and the game ends by one point, you you can't keep playing forever. <laughs> somewhere somewhere the whistle blows, right? And and you're just out. Now the, the next person you could have a you could have a draw in the NCAA's. This is kind of screwed up, even though they try not to be. But at the end of the year, somebody could be should be a four seed and somebody else a one seed or something. And at the end of the year, they could be the two best teams. Right, and they can be better than all the other people that are left in the Sweet Sixteen or wherever they play each other. So, what does that mean? You kick somebody else out? Well, they've, there's always been that conflict between the regional type setup and they had the uh, the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl. So, the Orange Bowl was probably uh, that was that was the Big Eight. I think in the SEC would go to the Sugar Bowl and Rose Bowl was the Big yeah. Ten and now they then they went to the playoffs, which was kind of a hybrid, and now they're going to the twelve team. So I I think that I they, think it should be the sixty four. They should play ten been, more games. Well, yeah the the problem has already been solved, really. No, it hasn't, because there's going to be a thirteenth team that's pissed off. A thirteenth team, but at that point, the the ten versus like you saw over the weekend, the ten versus the or the sixteen versus the six or. The, the, those get those games get they're they're not it's it's not as close as one versus five or, or you know who's Michigan is playing Alabama so we'll see I mean Michigan well you're, you're gonna end up with a conference one. and the FCC thinks they're the, they're the conference I think it's I that think their it's first four teams are right the best now. in the country right that's that's their view. Big Ten this year arguably thinks Ohio State and Michigan are the two best teams in the country. Yeah, we'll we'll see because I think at least the betters have it as a pick right now, and I'd, I'd imagine Michigan's going to be an underdog by the time we get there. But uh, I think they might be too. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, not opposed. It's going to be good football games all around. FSU has sour grapes. Well, I think if uh, they should have played a harder schedule, but they had some good wins, so it was just unfortunate that they had that injury. Let's see, Alabama absolutely lost the Tennessee game, except for the refs. Yeah, they took the quarterback out at LSU, or else they might have lost that game. Yeah, and LSU really isn't that great. This in this particular, in this game, they got the one call that turned the game. Now, why wasn't that play reviewed? Because it's Alabama. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I mean, at some these guys are, are they're gonna they're gonna play these conference championships because they got so many teams, right? Right. So now all of a sudden the conference championship, but in football this happens. What, what happens if if Michigan beats Alabama, the quarterback, the running back, the middle linebacker, and their best edge rusher I think all get all FSU could still win the AP poll if they 
if they. But that's not where the money is. No. What I'm saying is, what if what if five guys get hurt on Michigan and they eke out a one point win in Alabama? Well, they're worried about now people not playing in bowl games regardless. So. Well, why should you? If you're, there's going to probably be seven or eight people. There's people already hitting the portal at Notre Dame. Yeah. What, what do you think of that new portal commercial, yeah, <laughs> Doctor Pepper? That's that's a concern that everybody has to go with now. I mean, there's if your players are not happy, it's you just hop out and hop back in. Why would it, why would any senior that thinks he might get drafted play in the in the blue bonnet toilet bowl? <laughs> they won't. That's, and they won't. Yeah, that's that's one thing that college has to uh, has to deal with themselves. I mean, well, they, but they've the, had the, their cake and eaten it, and if the bowl games are going to be like that, you know, whether it be extended season or or something, that's that's one problem that they're going to have to deal with. Well, right now, what do you think, other than the than the Final Four and maybe the Rose Bowl or someplace that's a, still a big bowl, what do you think the rest of the bowls even are? Do you think anybody cares? I mean, who even cares? The advertisers. Okay, well. They love it. They advertise. They it's it's cheap programming for what you get. How many hours you get? You got people betting on you know sidewash state and slippery rock, right? Yeah. Even even so, the betting I don't think is as much as people thought it was going to be. But that's one man's opinion. But the other side of the coin is, it gives all these coaches two extra weeks of practice. Right. Even if you go to the world's crappiest bowl, and you almost don't care. You get to kind of try out your team for next year. Too. Yeah, that's essentially what you do. So you, you almost don't care if five seniors that are not going to be there anyway don't play. That's the motivation on the internal side. Yeah. I mean, you can't. You don't want to look bad. But now you have, you have kids that are, are supposed to be done with the season, and now they're not. Another two weeks of practice. And my my cousin, when he played, this is a long, long time ago. He played for University of Colorado. I said, Big Al, you went, did you go to a bowl game? He goes, Oh yeah, we went to the Orange Bowl. And I said, How was it? He goes, Well, it sort of sucked. <laughs> he said, The season was over. We go down there, we practice hard for four days, and then play and lose. Every other hang around from the school is in the bar eating shrimp and drinking booze on the, on the school. Right. So yeah, it's it's good for them. For us. I didn't. I, my season was done. We didn't win anything. I, I was. I was happy to be done. <laughs> you know. I guess they must have won something. They went to the Orange Bowl, but you know, I didn't. I didn't really need any more. I played halfback. I played nine games or whatever. I was beat up. Hmm. You know. So I mean, it, it depends. I mean, who, who are we doing this for? I mean, what, I mean Notre Dame played in Hawaii it's, the one it's year. It's always what benefits the NCAA. Well, no, it's what benefits the hangers on at the school. Notre Dame the one year I think went to play in Hawaii. What's that one though? H- Hula Bowl or something? No. Whatever. So they chartered a seven forty seven for all the all the people at the administration. Well, they spent a week in Ohio or Hawaii. The school paid for. It. Sounds like a nice little vacation. Yeah, and if you're a big donor, you get to go. You know, you get around the jet with everybody. This yeah. is this is morphed into something. There's a bar in Michigan City. It's a it's a Notre Dame bar. Well, everybody in there is a hundred years old, but they they have on the walls all the national championship years. And they'd have years like in, in 1948 or something. They'd have a year where they're they're done by first week in uh, November, second week in November. They played eight, nine games, ten games, and that right. was it. They played it. I mean, it was the, the people were stupid. I'm not, you know, I'm not. I'm saying it's go, it's going to be a big business. Let's just get it away from the colleges. Let's have a massive minor league system, and without all this ridiculousness. 
in FSU, an injury doesn't cause you to lose your spot in the line. It, it never hasn't. Doesn't look. Doesn't kick you out well, of the World in, Series. Doesn't in, kick uh, you out of the NBA Finals. In the NCAA, if you're trying to get into the tournament, they 100 percent will take that into into consideration. Not if you're not, not if you the win the Big Ten. Cha- the conference championship uh, or the conference champion automatically gets in. But if you're on the bubble and you your star player gets injured, you're you've, they, the committee definitely takes that into into. If, if you're if you're your a team seed. that didn't win your division. All right. In other words, Purdue's probably going to win the Big Ten. Let's say they do. They're in. Well, if you're Northwestern and you're on the bubble in the last game, your two best guys go down and aren't going to play, yes, it makes a difference. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about somebody who's undefeated and who won their conference and was ranked ahead of the team, and you didn't lose. You won. Right. They they had a... They had a... I want to say a potential six six million dollars on the line or so. But you see the thing that is is I won't accuse you of being the, 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 you, you young people the is, ACC. Is, is 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 this catches fire the, the the three buffoons and I will say buffoons that were doing the Alabama Georgia game not that did the game they're they're okay but the guys at halftime the one buffoon in the middle must have said a hundred times yeah you just can't can't have a, a pl- college playoff without an SEC team in there. And the other guy would say, yeah, but Texas kind of complicates that because they beat. Yeah, well, you, I'm just saying you can't have one. Well, once you, once you put Alabama in there, then you can't have the firestorm. Well, Texas beat Alabama. Okay, so they can't be out. Even though you did it the one year when the Irish beat Florida State and Florida State was still national champion. Right. And it goes back to... So, so you can do it. And now all of a sudden, if you put Alabama in there and if you put now you have to put Texas, now that leaves Florida State out. How, do, how does yeah, Florida? The commissioner s- said, "You know, we're not in the real world if the SEC isn't in the playoffs." Well, I think he said that on TV. Okay, well that's fine. It, it's in his opinion. Right. But they lost. They, they don't have an undefeated team. And you know, what? I'll get over it if they're not in the playoffs. Won't you? I mean, I don't care. <laughs> I just want to. Again, I'm more in it, kind of like to for the for the day and for the drinking and for the. Well, but I'm saying if, if you want to go this part. road. There, there's all kinds of times where in, in baseball or whatever it is, you could have a team that uh, has nothing but injuries the first part of the year. And all of a sudden, and matter of fact, the Cubs, of all people, uh, not this year, but last year, had the best, I think the best records clearly in the, was at the end of the National League, the All-Star Game on. What, what, so what does that mean? You, you put them in the World Series? If there's a committee, they might be. <laughs> If it's well, the NCAA committee, you know, anything goes. You know what they say about a camel. It's a horse designed by committee. Ah, it's a horse designed, yeah. You know, I mean, I, so so these guys, it's, I don't know, I, I just think it's, we're going, we're going down the road and the solution is always more teams in the playoffs, more games. Yeah, we're talking about, I mean, what, what normal human being, even a male, even a testosterone, what, what normal human being, Age 22 goes out and put pads on and plays tackle football. We're talking about a totally contrived game. There's people who play basketball till they're 60. There's people who play hockey till they're 60. Who the hell plays tackle football? I mean, it's it's brutal. It's brutal. People get hurt really bad all the time. And, and tackle yet, football. This is America, Chief. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, I can see people playing touch. I playing t- play. This is, but I mean, it, it, it's it's like the it's very very close to the gladiators. I mean. 
Who in Rome suited up to be a gladiator and practiced being a gladiator like in, in a, on a local playground? Not much. I, I imagine that was more pretend. Oh uh, yeah, I would. Yeah. <laughs> I would think it would be dull swords. Right. One, one would hope, yeah. and it weren't real tigers. All right, we got a couple minutes here before John comes on. What do you make of this gold situation? Uh, it looks to me like the Fed's opening the spigot again. That's why you've got That's Bitcoin. What, yeah, the 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 odds of the rate cuts. You know, more and more people are thinking, oh, we're going to cut. So they go after the commodities and. And every most assets, I guess, you know, why not if they're going to cut again? So what does this do to the? Personally, I'm a big fan of the oil. I know we were talking about uh, XLE, XOM, CVX. I mean, I think, I think those, (laughs) those are juicy. Also, well, in the next uh, couple of weeks, well, we have three weeks. The volatility is super low. I mean, the cash VIX and stuff is trading under 15. Yeah, I think the fixed futures are like. Under fifteen, under fourteen, or yeah, thirteen thirty. Yeah. They're up this morning, so, so that's, you know, it's a good time to grab a little bit of, little bit of volatility, and you can, you can take some gains, whatever you've made, and protect a little bit, and, and, the the yields are still on the ten year, and the thirty year are still above, what four and a quarter or so, so I mean that's not terrible. Well, munis, last year like, we did a... Like Dan said, munis are... Well, that last year we had uh, um, the... At the end of the year, all your high-tech stuff was getting clobbered. So nobody wanted to be in it. We're talking about the Magnificent They're Seven. taking all their stock gains from NVIDIA and putting yeah. it into Bitcoin. Well, it's... Well, whatever. But now this year, we, we, gotta, we, we can't trade less. We can't trade this year over again. Wish we could. Now we got to trade next year. Now the question is, is it going to be... A general move up in the market. I, I sense in the last week, you see the stuff that's there's some serious catch up going on. I mean, Russell's been up huge. It was up like five percent last week or something. I, mean, I think that's right. Check that before you requote it. Um, so you're, you're seeing. Matter of fact, on Friday was an odd day. You had your big stocks were down, and the Russell was way up. XLE had a pretty good week. That's the oil stuff. I mean, well, our Russell has been saying that for a while now. Yeah, for him, he's had it right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let me check right here. Like the uh, what did what did the IWM do last week? This is not any kind of a recommendation or anything, but I'm saying there is a time of the year when you sit there and go. And I mean, it's all I do for people is is, is manage these these indices, indexes. And two weeks ago, the Russell was down on the year, and now, well, it's it closed at 185. It was at one. Well, we were at the 162 on the 23rd of October. So we're we're what? Six weeks later, and we're up twenty-three bucks. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a real and, lot. In the beginning of the year, we were where were we? We're uh, December twenty-two. We were twelve ninth. We were one hundred and seventy-seven. So we were actually pretty much down on the year three weeks ago. Now we're up. Right. And you know the stocks that were really really up actually got a, came back a little on Thursday and Friday, but not enough to we're going to be down on the year or anything like that. But still. They were down a little bit. So we're starting to see a little bit of a catch-up in rotation. Now, whether it's still, you know, I'm not saying everybody should go. Well, I think that the equal weight is now positive on the year, too, maybe by only a percentage. or, or not, But it's it's real close now. I mean, on, on, on October 23rd, 
the money the money, on October 30 the money supply was 20 trillion 600 next week it was 20 trillion 708 so we're back now to uh, we're we're higher than we were in April of 2023 when all these guys said they were going to be fighting inflation we're actually higher on the money supply yeah right, so we're not fighting crap well <laughs> one interesting thing that I saw that I didn't expect was if you look at the equal weight Nasdaq that's up fifteen uh, percent or so for the year. Yeah, maybe more. It's that that was interesting because the S and P is in the same, yeah, no, how same much? spot. The the Russell is in the same spot, but then you look at the the equal weight Nasdaq, and you know that's got a hundred. So, <laughs> but you look at it, and it's it's. I think it started the year. Oh yeah, so it started the year sixty four, and now it's like eighty. Wow. Well, what what do you make of uh, Russell saying on Wednesday? You know that yeah, you know, certainly my view and a lot of people on the show's view of the world is is the inflation has been way worse than we've been being told, and we're, we're just we're flat out being lied to. Yeah. And Russell claims that that point of view is starting to really catch fire, especially in academia in some places. Well, I have not heard it though of you. Yeah, you see it because the president's on Twitter. Uh, saying, you know, inflation's great and stuff. And then there's that community notes feature. <laughs> and immediately, immediately everybody said, you know, there is inflation. The fact that he says inflation is zero means that, you know, 3.2%, it's not increasing. It's just inflation. Uh, it's stopped. You know, the acceleration has stopped. But it hasn't. So, still, it's still positive three. Right. But it, the... I don't know. The president on Twitter says, you know, inflation is zero. We're we're back to everything's good, and then the community notes feature says, hold on, you're 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 misleading us here. It's if inflation is three, that means it hasn't accelerated, but it's still three percent. So well, before we get John to go to break here, as a a younger guy, which I'm jealous of, by the way, um, we, you don't you don't really have the you know many many years of listen. I think that the the ability or the willingness and ability of government to just flat out lie to people. Yeah. In my tiny head, when I hear from the government inflation is three, then I assume it's somewhere between three and six and hope for the best. But, you know, I I think it's gotten worse. Yeah. I honestly don't think when, when uh, you know, the, after the World War II years and stuff, I don't think your normal bureaucrat in, in Washington was as comfortable just lying to people as they are now. Just like, I, mean, just, I think it's, it's just more transparent now because they have to, you know, oh, no, no. Have make news headlines and, and be in the be in the news to gain no, publicity. I, I, so well, in, in my vehicles, in my opinion, the, the stuff like we're talking about, I always thought that there was like a delay to inflation, the CPI number, that they were never spot on the month. But I never dreamed when, when I was doing this stuff at Pullman for several years. I never, when I saw the CPI number come out monthly. I never once thought. I mean, it looked to me like you know inflation was one percent a month, one and a half when it got really bad, and that and that's what they'd come out with pretty much. I mean, I might think it's you know one point two when they came out, with, but you didn't you didn't you didn't think uh, that they they'd come out and say there is none <laughs> when it's obviously right in front of your face. Well, now they do. I mean, that that somehow it's been a very gradual change, and I think every president seems to lob stuff out there, and I think Bill Clinton was probably one of the worst offenders even though he might have been actually a pretty good president. Uh, he lobbed out. He was like the worst offender. He, he was happy saying anything to people. And, and, and he, he, as, the more he did it, the more people bought it, the worse he got at it. 
And I think every everybody since him has been the same way. Yeah, relying on government anything <laughs> is usually not a great strategy. But you know, do in terms of how much is inflation killing us? That's that's kind of the that's kind of a bad but it, question. But it, it's <laughs> what are we doing about it? And and but it's not it's not just if it was just that. We'll have Jan. We should grab Jan with a break here. But we get. It's not just that. If they come out and they pass a bill and they say, well, well, look at the last two major bills. Well, there's been more than two, but Trump's tax bill and this guy's, I was going to say something, this guy's like infrastructure and what was the other one? The, uh, no, he said he said two big bills were a gazillion dollars a piece, right? And Trump had the tax bill. The, pe- the one that people complained about was the Build Back Better. They said that was completely yeah. unnecessary in terms of spending, but... Um, but I mean, his and his. If you're relying on the government, to, if you're taking those numbers f- to any th- to mean more than you know anything about the, I would rely on them for maybe two days worth of trading action, maybe. But but I'm I'm not sure that companies and producers and stuff really rely on those numbers. I mean, it's just kind of stuff for people to talk about on TV, and that's about it. Well, I mean. When and you come right down to it, these people. When I, the government. when I was on the uh, board of the SIBO, then there was you know the staff of the SIBO actually was I thought was really pretty good. Matter of fact, some places I think was excellent. Uh, but you never We're forget the have to skip break. I did a bad job here. Sorry. Uh, well, now we got, we'll, we'll we'll come back to it. But uh, the the thing that's weird about it is when you elect somebody, you're not yet you're you're you, the per- the person is now the employee. <laughs> Of the citizenry, that's what they, I mean. Like the, the staff at the nah, CBO, it's just a stepping stone to your next either well, double dipping in pension and/or inside stock trading. I'm not. I'm not arguing where it's become, but I'm saying it, the base of it is the mayor and his his knuckleheads. Those people, we're paying them. They're our employees. They're the staff. They're the hired help, right? Yeah. They don't. But and, and the hired help doesn't get doesn't get the. To lie to the people that are paying them, <laughs> I mean, I'm just very basic. I guess I'm too south side. I'm not. I'm not going to hire you if I got all the dough in a firm and it's all my my money. I hire you to be president. I'm not hiring you to, to to lie to me. I'm hiring you to run the place and do a good job. Yeah, but they don't get paid a lot, and there's corruption potential all over the place. That's what are you guaranteed about? by, by they the get, rules. They end up doing spectacularly well. Well, if you're mayor of Chicago. It's, you'd much rather be the CEO or something of a company. Uh, or a there isn't a. As one of my buddies who's very tight with all this stuff said to me, there isn't a CEO anywhere that wouldn't trade his job for be a senator. Well, maybe we're going to see that. In you never have to open a door for yourself. You never have to pay for anything. Yeah, but you don't get paid. You are you are in cloud. Not, you don't think these people are making money? Well, they are making money for all the reasons that we're talking about, which they're the wrong reasons. They're Janet Yellen made $7 million on the right. rubber chicken circuit. Right, I mean, circuit. that's the reason that you want to become, in terms of short-term, you know, say you don't have FU money or whatever. Short-term, uh, you know, you those that's the reason you do it, is for all the influence, and you can do the half-a-million-dollar speeches. But the it's it's just... There's no money for you if you're straight. There's there's no money for you if if you're 
if you're running it, but afterwards you can get paid by everything. There's big the dough. Being, there's way way more money being an alderman than there is a representative. Anyway, SP futures down 13, Nasdaq futures down 61. The quick break, bring back in Mr. Flanagan, and he'll he'll disagree with you as well. I'm sure, maybe okay. not. No, just he'll agree with you, just to disagree with me. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Jocks. And jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Hello, no. <clears throat> Welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures are down 13 and a half. NASDAQ Futures down 61. Dow Futures down 86. Nothing really crazy. You've got Microsoft down 220. We've got uh, Caterpillar down a buck and a quarter. Uh, Salesforce down 227. They were up huge on Friday. Uh, <clears throat> last week, Salesforce was up a whole bunch. The Dow was up like 700 points uh, combined Thursday and Friday, maybe even 800. It was a massive move up in the Dow, mostly because of Salesforce and a couple other stocks. Don't forget, if a stock's up a dollar, I think it's, Greg, is it exactly $7? It used to be over $8, but it's a $7 move in the Dow, which is kind of counterintuitive than most what people think. Over in uh, Europe, we have the uh, uh, DAX up 6, call that flat. FTSE down 33.4%. Kek around down 19.3%. Over in Asia, again, this, these markets have been volatile in Asia. Nikkei down 200.6%. Hang Seng down again, down 184 to 16,646. Greg, this has got to be as low as we've seen it. It was 18,000 maybe two weeks ago. Shanghai down 8, 3,022, trying to stay above 3,000. They did today. On Friday, the Dow was up 294, S&P up 26, NASDAQ up 78. Oil down 38 cents, uh, 73.71. Brent down 38 cents, 78.50. Natural gas down 7 cents, way under 3 bucks, 273 here. I don't know if I'd have guessed that. It must be people predicting a mile winner. Arbob down, uh, well, Arbob unchanged, 211. Gold, now here's the story of the morning. Gold was up 26 bucks last night to well over 2100. Now it's down 210, so it's had a big turnaround. We haven't even started the day yet. Silver down 28 cents, 25.55. Copper down 7 cents, 3.85. So I don't know what the turn is there, but it's somewhere. Uh, Bitcoin up 2,000, tops 41,000, 19 month high. An ETF opens, I mean, more and more people are going to buy it. Let's see, that's the same thing that happened with tulips when they put them on an exchange. Just saying. I'm not saying they're tulips, I'm just making a correlation there. Uh, US dollar uh, is actually up here. Maybe that's what's turned to gold. At the euro down 22 basis points, 108.62, and the British pound is down 0.3 percent, 
126.7. A lot of stuff there. Bring it for us, Trevi Weather Sports. Let's get to our guys. Yeah. Morning, everyone. 35 degrees here in Chicago, 40 today. Phoenix, we got 41 degrees right now, 71 today. Traffic inbound Kennedy from uh, Montrose, 23 minutes. From Lake Cook, 45 minutes. From Wolf, 26 minutes. And 95th to the interchange takes about 19. And on the Stevenson, 294 to the right is about 26 minutes. NHL Hawks lose at the Wild. That was 1-4. NBA Bulls beat the Pelicans. That was 124-118. to Was that uh, yesterday? That was on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. And uh, Suns beat the Grizzlies. That was 116-109. to NFL Bears were on by. Arizona did win at the Steelers. That was 24-10. Uh, both are in last still. So Bears are NS- NFC North uh, caboose. That's four and eight. And then this Arizona was uh, that was their third win. So three and ten. And San Francisco gets to play them twice the twice between now and the end of the year, don't they? Yeah, lucky them. Yeah. That's all I got, Chief. Back to what you. Do we have our guys, John, Mike, Mike and John. Good morning, gentlemen. Got good morning, all. Mike, good morning. Morning, Tom. How are you? We're doing Great. all right. Uh, John? We had to make sure we snagged you this morning because of the uh, uh, up, up, upgrade, shall we say, in the, in the violence over in the Middle East. What Did you happen to see uh, Greg sending around on Friday, I don't know if you got it, an interview with uh, Henry Kissinger like a month before he croaked? It's pretty interesting because it looked like he was going to croak right in the interview, but that's, that's another story. But That was Hal. <laughs> oh, Hal sent that yep. around. Um, I didn't see that, Tom. No. Um, it was pretty interesting. He were asking him about the Middle East War and you know a bunch of other stuff. Uh, amazingly quick mind for a guy to look like he was going to go right there. I mean, God, he didn't look so hot. Um, anyway, but he was talking about what Hamas. And he pretty much agreed with you along the way in terms of what Hamas did is you know, un- almost unprecedented and needs to be dealt with very severely. But then he said, you know, you're starting to make inroads with some of these Arab countries, and you can't push it so far that they have to essentially back away from you because of public opinion in their place. You have to be very careful that you create a balance there, that you let everybody know that this is unacceptable. You do a lot of damage to Hamas, but you also can't turn every piece of progress that you've made in the last 10 years around because public opinion is can't handle jets going after, you know, just happening to make a mistake and rain a bomb on women and children, which I thought was somewhat perceptive. I mean, the guy's been around the block. And what would you disagree with that or no? No, I, I don't disagree with it. I, you know, they they have to be careful. Um, Netanyahu, this is a last ditch effort by him to remain in power, and the you know the people don't want him to remain in power, but he had he feels like he has a. Uh, an obligation to destroy Hamas. So, you know, we'll have to see what happens. Well, the uh, there was uh, somebody I know listens to one of those extreme right-wing channels. What is it? Uh, I keep forgetting the name. Maybe I, I, I forget the name on purpose. It's What is it? Yeah, Newsmax. And uh, some lady on there was just ranting and raving about how you have to snuff out every piece of Hamas and you have to take that entire way of thinking and wipe it off. Since, since when do you, do you stop a way of thinking through violence? I mean, it's never happened. I mean, some people got six million people of their... their, their the Germans didn't, didn't defeat the Jewish people by killing them. You can't, you can't defeat an idea by killing people. 
I don't think. No, you cannot. And, you know, we've tried to do that with Al-Qaeda, and, and that really hasn't worked. There's still little pockets of hatred against us. So it's just, you know, you reach a point of no return. So, And I really think that the Israelis have reached their point of no return. And your point about, you know, trying to get along with the rest of the Arab states, that's what Israel really kind of needs to do. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't see how you're going to... Like you mentioned last week, and by the way, I really appreciated that that you knew the history of the 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 IRA and the and the British. Because I mean, I, mean I, don't, I don't I've never met a whole lot of Palestinians. I can't think of two more stubborn people than the Irish and the Brits. Can you? And maybe the Palestinians are as bad, but they can't be much worse, can they? I mean, they, and somehow the Brits and the Irish managed to pull off a truce. Right, but you know, it those are. Uh, at least uh, the Irish had some territory to work with. I mean, the Palestinians really, well, they do have some territory. They have the West Bank, but even the, you know, there's radical, the fundamentalist Jews, you know, would prefer to occupy the entire West Bank, and, and that isn't going to happen, but Netanyahu's letting that happen. So, What, um, I guess the, if there was a way to, to, to set this right, how long do you think it would take? I mean, would it have to be a, just a general... Well, we don't want to do a North-South Korea thing where it's a ceasefire 80 years later. There's, I mean, what, are you, what are you even doing something like this? I mean, you've got to get the economy... You can't have, what is it, 30 or 40% unemployment in young males in a place and expect there not to be trouble. Somehow the Some of this follows the economy, doesn't it? I mean, a lot of wars are, are economic wars, aren't they? Well, I yes, I would agree with that, but... I, I'm not sure what, uh, other than uh, agriculture, what the Palestinians, what, what would the Palestinians do? You know, I well, that's no a problem. Yeah, right. John, you know much about, I mean, uh, one of my buddies actually has been to the West Bank, or Gaza, and he said, God, he says, this was like a, it wasn't, it wasn't like living, it was, it was like a, 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 you know, it was like a refugee camp only with buildings. So there was no no real jobs or anything. It didn't seem like there was any sort of business. I mean, I, you know, it, it seems you know the only the only outcome that Netanyahu seems to want to get behind is a complete evacuation of Gaza by the Palestinians and shipping them anywhere he he can get away with putting them. It's not about you know returning them or rebuilding it for them or anything like that at all you know the thing i'm i'm starting to see here is that you know the goal of the israelis to build this canal this ben-gurion canal have you heard about that no um, what's that all about well it's it's envisioned as a rival to the suez canal under israeli control and it would connect uh the red sea to the mediterranean via um not the gulf of suez but the gulf of aqaba which you know goes more northerly to the tip to the southern tip of Israel and the, I, the plan is to build a canal connecting that you know end of the Gulf of Aqaba across Israel up against Gaza and then have access to the Mediterranean and to set this up as a competitor to the Suez Canal and you know make money off of it and also you know get some kind of you know, strategic um, balance in their favor over it too 
case of, of other disruptions in the area. And I don't think this, this plan has anything in mind for the Palestinians other than removal. So I, I just, I, I think, that, you know, the story that came out in the New York Times the other day that uh, Israel knew about this planned, you know, attack by Hamas for a year, and also had a plan for the stages of evacuation of Gaza for a year, makes me think that the, the, this whole thing is just staged now, um, in a way that can justify any kind of draconian measures you know netanyahu can get behind to completely eradicate the palestinians what was what does anybody stuck in the middle does anybody have a clue one of you guys what was hamas's goal in this and what do they think they were going to gain well they might be in league with the israelis too for oh, all right. time. the whole thing might be it might be a, you know a handshake deal where you know hamas will get some other kind of you know you know, some way of sweetening the pot here by having done this and make it look like it was crazy. Mike, Mike, did, did John just speed by me in a Porsche on, on Conspiracy Highway or what? Uh, I don't know, Tom. I think you know. I don't know what Hamas was after by doing what they did. You know, I guess they just wanted to expose the Israelis uh, and. I really don't know. It's like it was a suicide pretty clear mission. To pro- provoke a response. Yeah, but why, why? I mean, but there was no, there was no economic benefit to them, unless, unless maybe the guys that are hanging around and the real leaders that aren't anywhere near are getting shelled. They might be okay with this, but the guys doing it, what did they think they were going to get out of it? They get killed. Well, I, you know, I think Hamas has as little interest in the Palestinians as the Israelis do deep down. Well, they could They're, be too. They, so I, I think that whatever you know, the reason for this attack and Israel's response to it, um, nobody on either side considered what would happen to the Palestinians. So who knows what, you know, the timing for it or whatever? But the fact that Israel ignored it for a year makes me think that Israel maybe helped plan it and knew all about it. And Hamas, well, knew, I can't. I Israel can't. knew about it too. Is is, so, is Machiavellian as some leaders are, and I, I sort of put Netanyahu in that group. I, I still can't accuse anybody of eagerly. It's like saying, you know, somebody, you know, we we might have been dumb enough to not see the the idiots that were, uh, you know, buzzing around in the planes and not carrying out if they learned how to land. We might have been dumb enough to ignore that. But God, I could never accuse anybody. I mean, of well, they think, didn't think it was realistic. Well, I mean, I, I'd never What's accuse there? anybody of. Of saying we knew people were going to flow and fly into the World Trade Center, and we let it happen. Well, they probably did know that there were some plans, but they know. I mean, everybody's got plans to do something. So they just said they made a value judgment and said, "Well, this isn't very likely. We're probably not going to." Yeah, well, that, that can happen. But I'm saying, I, I, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine that. Yeah, I would want those kinds of people killed. I mean, I, I, I would never accuse anybody of that. I mean, I, I'm sure people have, but. Uh, you know, they're going to get their day in hell. Yeah, I, I can easily see Netanyahu being persuaded that this is, you know, a small price to pay for whatever the bigger objective is. Tom, there are reports that the Israelis were strafing their own people at that music festival. Really? So, and, you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm just, nothing would surprise me at this point when it comes to this part of the world. I, I think it's, it's so mired in deceit and trickery and this is one of the reasons why you, you know, you can see this upheaval in the world now over this. This might be part of the strategy too, where you've got college campuses here roiled by what's going on there, 
Um, I can't believe that all of this stuff is not by somebody's design or, or some consortium of people's design. It's not accidental. It's not just ill-conceived. It's, it's carefully calibrated. Well, when uh, my friend, a friend of mine, uh, Rabin, went to Michigan, she's a couple years older than us. Somebody's older than us. Uh, she said no matter what in Michigan, even remember when they, well, a couple years before us was massive Vietnam demonstrations, right? But what were the guys that were up there? Was it the weathermen? Who, who started Michigan? Was it the S S something? Who were the guys? S something something? They were Michigan, right? SDS, the Social Democratic Society. Yeah, they were Michigan. Didn't they start in Michigan? University of Michigan? Anyway, so the one thing, no matter what, even if you stop protesting or the football game, even the protesters went to the game. There was no protesting during the game. So football even even united the protesters up there, I guess. Yeah. Now, my, I have my doubts about the 1968 Democratic Convention, too, about that being some sort of grassroots, you know, uprising. I think it, it was it had, it had political strings all over the place to humiliate the Democrats, to you know put Humphrey on the defensive, and to improve Nixon's chances in November. I don't think we'll ever get the, the full story on who was really there and why they were there. We're never going to get the full um, story on Kennedy's a, assassination, for God's sake. Well, you know, the Cui Bono theory, you know, who benefits from this? And it certainly wasn't the Democrats, so... I got an interesting <laughs> story about one of my... the same thing again. We'll see it again, Tom, I think, probably in a different way in the, 19, in the 2024 Democratic Convention coming up, which I predict will be a, a you know, expletive-deleted show. Oh, God. So get a little of this, Mike. One of my uh, <clears throat> best friends who's in a, this attorney group that I, I get around with once a week, attorneys and judges. Mr. Flanagan's always invited, but he, he never makes it. We're not, we're not exactly sure why, but he never does. Uh, one of the guys was in the National Guard, and he got called out to at the Democratic Convention. He was on one side of the street, and they're pushing the crowd back. And who do you think he had to push back? His wife. <laughs> well, that's a good one. He goes, he goes. That didn't go over real well. <laughs> he, he was, he was, he got called up to the guard. She was demonstrating. No dinner that night. Yeah, no, no, no dinner that night. I mean, like, he goes, it was the weirdest damn thing. You know, he goes, that whole thing was such a disaster. I mean, even with the people being called up to know what they were supposed to be doing, and anyway, he he could tell stories about it for like a couple hours. They're they're, they're bizarre about. How screwed up the whole thing was, and why he used to leave everybody right in the park. Then it would have been nothing to fight I, about. I guess my point, Tom, is when you have these chaotic, you know, events in history, um, there's always a some side of it that is poised to take full advantage of it, and has probably been working behind the scenes to let it happen or encourage it to happen. I put January sixth in the same category, and I put the Hamas attack on October seventh in the same category too. We don't know the full story and it's by design we don't know the full story but somebody knew the whole story and has you know just watched this play out in the kind of response that they probably hoped for are we ever going to so, find out who somebody is <clears throat> well I, th I think you can you know you can posit a lot of you know you know people auditioning for the roles but they're they're people in washington they're people in you know brussels and the eu it's people all over the place that are in power positions and you know, are working in some kind of shadow government like the World Economic Forum that has, you know, no conception or respect for national boundaries or nationalism, period, or 
elections in you know democracy so none of this you know is is all that concealed that there's people working at, at you know counter forces to what you and i would think and we all think well i think it's know, getting easier to do that stuff because the the average bureaucrat maybe because the education system or whatever <clears throat> i think is totally incompetent i mean a lot of the stuff you see happen it happened well it happened to bush with 9-11 or not only that it happened to him with katrina when somebody called in and said this dike is leaking and nobody did anything about it i mean he's whoever whoever gets in these jobs has to deal with it's like you know, my mother used to call them uh what do they call them peacetime generals mike you can understand that where you, you have people in charge of of rats and they do fine as long as, long as there's no rats right <laughs> as soon as there's rats they have no idea what to do same way with you know traffic or any engineering jobs i mean look at this this kennedy expressway thing how the hell can you totally take a city to its knees for eight months and work one shift and don't work weekends I mean, who, who, who even would be dumb enough to do something like that? And yet we have people that seem to think that's fine. And how they get away with it, and why, why there's no uproar. The, the, the press, why, why isn't the press out there? I mean, I know I'm changing subjects, but you guys know to me it's all the same subject. Why isn't somebody out there on a, on a three-month, three-month, three-night thing on Channel 7 or whatever, and John's always ragging about the press. I mean, why isn't there somebody like Walter Jacobson or like Mike Murphy or like somebody that says by the way here's a project we've never worked a second shift 30 years ago we did sort of the same job we did it in half the time because we worked two shifts why aren't we you know you don't you, you never see that you know and I'm not saying just my opinion that it could be done better but I think if somebody gave me a, a little bit of a budget and some research and knew how to dig through city planning I'll bet you could find since 1970 five or ten other jobs like this where it was done totally different and a lot faster. People work people work twenty four seven on some of this stuff. But there's there's no reporting in any of this. Is everybody's just you know, we've locked into a, a fifty IQ society or we're just dumbing everything down or what are we doing? We're they're afraid of let, telling people what's really happening, Tom, because they'd be outraged. Have you heard this thing about what's what's going on in Evanston Township High School? Um no, the, the segregation of their student body. Oh yeah, um, John, yeah, yeah. John Cass had a piece about it the other day, and you know he, you know that where they, they, they carved up their student body into racial groups, so they they attend classes only with, you know, the same racially, you know, identified students. You know, I did read that, but I had um, no idea. I couldn't understand what they were doing. Well, I, I, well, it's, it's illegal first of all. Well, that's what I mean. I was um, sitting around. I couldn't figure out if they were putting people in different racial groups. To make it better or worse, or, or I, I understand the motivation of any of it. Well, There's no discussion or anything that I'm aware of about it either. But but John Cass in his blog yesterday, right, when he pointed out that none of the Chicago newspapers mentioned this. It took the Wall Street Journal to run a piece about it. Which which you know, if you if you are interested in it, if you if you want the news to get out, it will get out. But clearly, somebody was protecting. What would have struck almost everybody's outrageous idea? Why? And, and now that's the third thing. Now, that, I mean, Greg, you sent it out to us, right? Yeah. And so I read that. And I read nothing about it anywhere else. That's why I was totally taken from it. Now, Audrey sent out the thing last week about the uh, the video of the girl getting robbed by the three people in North Avenue and and uh, and um, what was it Milwaukee and uh, Damon, wherever the streets are. 
by three guys in a car. One guy had a big long rifle. He's pointing at other cars. That gets hey, it was on Hey Jackass, and they claim it got scrubbed from all the rest of the papers. Who the hell is scrubbing this? How, how do you get to scrub stuff? Well, they weren't allowed to scrub it because it wasn't released yet. They had to sue, I think, or, or threatened to sue to get the video released. So the city didn't want to release it, and it was big news a couple months later, especially when they when it came out. Well, I mean, I, I, this Evanston thing. I also well, let's come, let's do a quick break here, but I'm, I, you know, as you know, uh, John and Mike, if you've been listening in, I'd like Mike's opinion on some of this. This fiasco is it is it Hinsdale South about suing the kid because he got booted from the basketball team? You're following this story? No, this I have not different. been. Well, it turns out the the kid went in front of the school board or something and made a huge case about the the coach was a, was a bleep, right? So they fired the coach. Well, a new coach comes in. First thing he does is, is kick the kid off the basketball team because the last thing he wants is everything he says in practice to go right to the school board. Not sure that's right. So the mother sues the kid, so now the kid's being reinstated. But the lawsuit is still there because he, she wants all his playing time back because he's like really a really good player. Think about this, Sunbury. When when do you when if you're the head of Hinsdale or a citizen, say you know what? There's enough trip AA teams around. We don't need this team. Just bag it. Or do I really want as a as a as a citizen of Hinsdale? Do I want the school paying six hundred dollars an hour to people like Flanagan lawyers? To fight a basketball suit, do, do I do I want that money out of my taxation? The answer is no. Do I really care for his basketball team? The answer is no. When when are we, when are we going to wise up on this stuff? You guys are going to do this stuff. Fine, go play in the playground like we used to. The hell with you. What does that basketball team benefit me as a citizen in Hinsdale? That's what I'm talking about in college. I mean, if you're if I'm taking a business course, do I really want scholarships going to the women's fencing team, the men's football team, the men's? What do I why, why should they go for free? They're not studying anyway. The hell with them. SB Futures down four. How's that for them? SB Futures down 14. You guys chew on that on break. We'll be right back, Stocks and Jacks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day to day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. I'd say in a given week, I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual work. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Something happening here. What it is ain't exactly. Well, no base, Jackson Jackson. I'm talking Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures down 15. NZ Futures down 68. What part of society do you think actually would be ready to do an actual 
eight hour day of, of like real work. I don't know. You think Mr. Flan- at home or in the office? <laughs> at home. The uh, I've got uh, two people talking about a you know what could potentially be a busy week socially. We got we got two people uh, coming in, Greg, from out of town, dying to have a drink because they're coming back to work for like one week out of a quarter. And everybody and everybody's supposed to be ready to, to go like out a celebration. Yeah, we're supposed to celebrate. They're actually coming to work for a day. <laughs> But by the way, I like these people, so I'm be happy to do it. I'm, I'm be happy to see them. But uh, it's when you think about it, what, what are we talking about? <laughs> Two people that work here and live out of town. John, you couldn't write fiction like this, buddy. No, no time. It's, it's science fiction, maybe. So, hey, Mike, I got a, a, a real big one for you. Um, and John, feel free to pine in. But every once in a while, you you. Creatures that are in charge of protecting us and the and the armed forces and stuff. You have kind of an overall idea. I'm going to say per decade or whatever it is, or where the where the threats are coming from. You know, we want it was a first we were going to be able to fight a two front war, and then it was a, well, there was the nuclear thing deterrent with Russia, and Reagan decided he was going to try and outspend them. At the same time, they were falling apart economically, so that was good timing on that. Uh, so. Right now, if you were to start from a a fresh sheet, how would you even define? I mean, I know when when Bill Clinton, when somebody asked him when he was in office, who's our biggest threat, and he said Osama bin Laden. I don't think ninety nine percent of the country even knew who he was, who he was talking about. But it turned out he was probably right. Uh, now, what if you had to start from a sheet of paper? How would you outline where the threats are now, and, and are we? Are we on the right page with that, or are we are we doing something totally different, building battleships when it's a carrier navy? I mean, I don't think we are, but it seems like we're somewhat close. What do you think? I think we are, Tom. Uh, you know, I would say China is our number one enemy, and I think that's been they've been pretty clear about that. Although the Biden administration is not clear about that. Um, it, you know, and before you asked, what is Hamas's goal? Uh, and it's the eradication of Jews. So this is essentially almost the second time in our lifetime when some group wanted to eliminate the Jews. So, you know, it, for Israel, it's about Jewish survival. And, you know, our our threat, you know, is coming from China and possibly Russia, too. So, what, uh, to, to kind of put the two together... I mean, some people here knew, because they were privy to information, like Roosevelt and people, what the real threat was uh, coming out of Germany when Hitler got in. And I think they somehow deftly managed public opinion here with us getting prepared as best we could. The idea that we weren't preparing is total BS. We were. We were already making sure the officers were ready. We were building stuff for those people, getting our munitions places somewhat moving by under the auspices of, of building stuff for France and Britain, correct? But economically, our businesses here never got their nose into Germany to the point where I can't imagine. I mean, our businesses here, the people that are in power, maybe more than Biden or Trump, people that are in power want to do business with China. And yet, you say there are, because of what they're doing, they could be our number one enemy I don't see us ever having to, to 
to dance on that pin before. Yet, how, how, what, is the, what do the generals think about that? Well, all our biggest businesses are dying to do business with the guys that are trying to wreck us. I mean, what, if you sat down with our, our joint chiefs today and asked them the same question, what would they tell you? That's a good question, Tom. You know, I, I don't really know. All I know is, and you've made this point several times, you know, and they made it uh, actually that recent conference in San Francisco where they cleaned up the town. <clears throat> That was all about kowtowing to the Chinese so we could get their business. And and Chi uh, had that dinner with 40 American businessmen that essentially paid uh, homage to him. So, you know, our business people are running counter to uh, really the what should be the national policy is we should not be aiding China in any way possible. And China will steal our technology. I mean, they do it all the time. So they are a definite threat, both militarily and technologically. So, but we've never, I can't even imagine anywhere in history where somebody had to fight that kind of war. If, if Hitler would have been able to, well, been able, I'm not giving the guy any kind of kudos, I'm saying, if he somehow would have been able to economically keep his act together for a few years without having to start the war, I'll use the term early, uh, I'm glad he didn't wait, but, I mean, there were people here that were, Kennedy, uh, who was the guy who was the pilot? That was his name, Lindbergh. Lindbergh. All, all kinds of people were dying to do business with Germany, thinking, oh my God, we could sell this guy everything. What, what if another five years would have happened, and we'd have had our guys up, 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 their nose up their ass over there like we got with China? Would we have had the same problem? I think so. Uh, I mean, Hitler made his mistake by opening up the second front. He should have just stayed, uh, you know, against Russia, and he might have been okay. Well, yeah, I mean, he, well, there are a lot of mistakes, but fortunately, when you're that kind of a madman, you're going to make mistakes, right? Or you hope they do. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't know how this, this, I mean, when we first started the show a long time ago, when Dr. J used to rail about China, I go, Jan, put yourself in the Oval Office. At 10 o'clock in the morning, in walks Bill Gates. You know, hey, these guys, uh, but like uh, two things of, uh, what, do you, what do you call it, software. They got 900 million computers. They bought two things of software, and they copied all the rest. These guys, we got to do something about that. They steal everything. Stole the Beatles song. You name it, they stole it. And he walks out, and the president's going, oh, man. The next guy walks in from Coca-Cola and goes, hey, wait a minute. There's a billion people that are buying two Cokes a day. Don't touch them. But it, it, it obviously it's it's amazingly kind of eluded to try and have any kind of a policy, isn't there? Well, yeah, that's, you, to have a political you know you know policy, absolutely, Mike. I agree with you completely about our business moguls and our national interest being at completely cross purposes. I mean, you, you take Hollywood as an example. Hollywood would much sooner embarrass. Um, you know, the United States than China when it comes to selling tickets to movies. They well, don't basketball. Really care how they, yeah, what about the NBA? Basketball, <laughs> too. I mean, you, you, there's, there's a, a, a long list of these ways that Americans have, have been sold out, you know, emotionally and monetarily for the sake of, of greater profits elsewhere. Um, and I don't remember that having happened, at least in this country, in, in the past. I'm sure it's happened somewhere in human history. Um, maybe to an even greater extent, but um, it's an intolerable situation, and it, it can only make the United States, you know, 
ultimately an embarrassment to itself. Can you ever? I mean, we've we've talked uh, a lot about crime and punishment, and crime and not so much punishment or Ill- irregular punishment. If somebody actually started selling the wrong chips to these guys or something, can you imagine ever a bunch of bunch of people walking into the boardroom at wherever it is, Microsoft or Nvidia or any place, and putting everybody in cuffs and wheeling them out? I, I can't I can't even imagine that happening. If you're big enough. You'll find a way, and, and you'll never be able to get to them. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't see. I mean, every time Mike, we've we've had somebody with the chip stuff. It's always been some import export firm, you know, out of Hong Kong or somebody, some place that we can we can spank and nobody cares about, right? But it's, we ever, even Nvidia found a way to wiggle around this last one, right? They're, they they do some kind of other chips and call them another way, and they can still ship them. Was that like three, four weeks ago? Are we, are we are we really going to actually watch? I mean, we talk about oil coming from uh, now. Mike, you know more about this than me. If you're a, an oil chemist, you can essentially stick a a needle in in the uh, the oil coming in in a tanker, stick it under your microscope or whatever you want to do with it, and you can tell me exactly where it came from. Correct? Mm-hmm. I think. Well, you, yeah, supposedly. Yes. Now, what are what are the chances of? Some tanker coming into New Orleans or someplace, and all of a sudden we see 15 people being arrested because that oil came from Russia and it's not supposed to be here. Ever? Yeah, that one you got me, Tom. I, you know, I don't know. It seems like once it gets out of there, it's fair game on the high seas. It seems. Now I could be wrong there, but what do you think, John? I, mean, I don't. I don't think you're ever going to put. I'm not accusing Exxon of this, but if they were doing it, I don't see that. That guy going to jail, you? No, I don't even see it ever being reported, Tom. No, I mean if, if it's investigated at all, it, it would be reported. It's, it's like the what's the, the that Arthur Miller play, All My Sons? Yeah, about the guy who's you know you know, worked in, in the war munitions and in the aircraft design or aircraft building, and they built these flawed aircraft and you know it killed American service people and he's outed at the end of the play and I, I think that's kind of a fanciful way of, of you know the U.S. congratulating itself on its high moral standards in the 1940s and 50s I don't think today you'd see that that same kind of end of the play <laughs> uh, no it, it wouldn't be talked about it, certainly if, if it happened it would be covered up for generations so well I mean you look at you know some of the prosecutions that we've uh We've we've seen. I mean, you know, and you can say whatever you want. I mean, whether Martha Stewart, whether Rob Blagojevich, whoever these people that they have these, even Trump, to, to a huge extent. I, I don't. Uh, I'm absolutely no fan of the man. I can't even bear the thought of him being president again. But this, if you were if you were to talk about, not even whether it's right or wrong, if you were to look at the uh, northern was it the Northern District of Illinois, whoever the the. Uh, is he the, not the district attorney? What is he? Whatever the guy who runs oh, the, the FBI US here. Attorney. Yeah, the U.S. attorney runs the FBI here. I mean, if you were to, even if even if you don't like Rod Bogoyevich, you don't like his hairdo, you don't like his the way he walks, the way he talks, which I can understand. I don't. Yeah, if you were to put up on a screen, eighty percent of all the FBI hours for that four years was spent on Bogoyevich. No, nobody would. Wait a minute. What, what about the? Maybe it's seventy percent. Maybe it's fifty. Whatever it is, if it's ten. And, and whatever the guy did is, you know, bad, I can roll with it. But but just in terms of resources, 
mean, what kind of resources are, is the country doing to screw with Trump compared to every other? I mean, I, I, the fact that the guy screwed around with his lied to some bank, you know what? It's wrong. Whenever you put your name on a piece of paper, I know it's a crime. You're supposed to put something down, but should it be 90% or 80% of the Southern District of Manhattan's time when all this other stuff's going on? I, I don't know. I, I don't, should should any kind of citizen, even a, a schlumpy one like him, have to spend $50 million before he even goes to trial? I mean, what, what are we doing here? I mean, uh, I'm just, again... I, I, I put the Ed Burke trial in the same category, Tom. I mean, five years of this of this enough stuff to bring this to trial, and you look at what's really wrong with the county and the city, and what needs to be fixed immediately, and we're worried about this stuff. I'm sorry, I just don't get it. Well, I don't know, Mike. Have you been up on the Zed Burke thing? I, I will say this: I know some people that are in that same industry that he is, being the tax industry and so forth. Uh, and I had gotten a couple of anecdotal reports, and Jen, this is your industry, not mine. Tax, yeah. property tax and stuff. But I had gotten a couple of uh, anecdotal reports that from Eddie as, as he got older, which, you know, people get older. He was on his skis a little bit that he didn't he didn't say, sure, I can help you get all those permits, sure, I can help you do this stuff, because he was head of the zoning, wasn't he? I believe. Yeah. I mean, I sure, I can help you do all this stuff. You know, and by the way, if you ever need one, here's a pretty good law firm. You, I, don't, I really don't have a... That, that's so Chicago. It's scary when you're in two businesses at the same time. I don't. I'm not. Really, I don't really approve of it, but there's sort of a way to do it. It's sort of an arm's length way. There's, you know, what I'm saying there's a nice way to do it versus. I I heard that he was starting to get to the point where if you want the permits, you have to use my law firm. Right out, right, right out in front of people, not just the one person like walking in the park, but in front of several people. And I heard years before you go that said, you know, he's. Even for him, he's out on his skis a little bit. What's the matter with him? And these are people that, that know know the guy. Because I know a lot of people that Eddie did all kinds of really good stuff for. I know somebody that got a can from the city uh, like two weeks before their, their five-year retirement. And they lost their ho- hospitalization and everything just because they didn't like him. You know, they got, and Eddie hired him for two weeks. So he got he could get, you know, his little bit of pension. And he's done a lot of good stuff for a lot of good people. Uh but he got on his skis a little bit to the point where he, you know, instead of the... I mean, Mayor Daley, one, was the master of the subtle use of power. I think Eddie... And then in the Burger King situation, he basically... guy. I think what happened was the guy was trying to put the Burger King up, and Eddie gave him this whole routine. He basically shook him down, saying, if we're not doing your, you know, your tax stuff, this and the other thing. And the guy called his boss somewhere, and his boss said, hey, this, we're a national company. We're not getting pushed around by this guy. Isn't that how it all started? Yeah, and you know, I'm not, I'm not making excuses that this is the way you want business conducted, but it's still going on. Top, I, pre- I think among many more aldermen than we ever hear sure. about, and and you know, the real estate industry and brokerages and everything else, and that's perfectly okay because those people haven't, you know, they know the right people so that they don't get targeted. And this person gets targeted, and Mike Madigan gets targeted, and everybody thinks this is going to fix things. You know, from now on, and of course, all it does is just you know waste money because what, what we've got facing us here isn't going to be fixed by whatever happens in the network. Oh, right, without a doubt. But I mean, if, if, there, so, there isn't there isn't any sense of, of devoting, I think, the, the, the time and energy we have to it while ignoring so many more important things. 
Well, the, the, the idea that if I was elected alderman tomorrow, can you imagine that? Uh, in, in most worlds, for at least the time I'm an alderman, I'd, you know, I would probably have to stop my other job, which I wouldn't want to do because I like my clients. And But in Chicago, the alderman's a part-time job, right? So I could still be a money manager for people, manage money, and have still my brokerage firm. Okay, so, I mean, but now if, if I help, somebody came in and was talking about, you know, this or that or a zoning variation or whatever, and I talked to him about it, and the guy would say, hey, I hear you're in the money management business. Well, yeah, I am. Well, who do you, I mean, who do you uh, deal with? I said, well, for some reason, I, I'm zeroing a lot of people that are retired, and a lot of people that don't, and the younger people, my brother pretty much takes care of, but a lot of people are retiring. I would say, well, gee, my, my mom's retiring, and she's got this, and she doesn't have, have anybody. Do you want to talk to her? I would say yes. If he asked me, or if I were to say, by the way, if you have any problems with that, don't forget, I, you know, I, I run a pretty nice business. But I'm not going to say, by the way, if you want your house built, you, your mom's money better come to me. I mean, I mean there, there's there's a fine line there, but there is a line, I think. Oh, I'm not saying there shouldn't be a line, too. I'm just saying that there's, there's many other people crossing this line every day All right. who end up smelling like a rose. So, I mean, it's selective prosecution and identification of, of big fish and we think that you know that every the system is working because look, look at who was taken down by this yeah, it's, but it's all just smoke and mirrors because nothing's been changed culturally about it at all I, um, my, one, I have one more I keep bouncing back and forth from the military to the other stuff do you think in light of the the threats this year and all the stuff now we have to have aircraft carriers and the Mediterranean stuff which we probably didn't think we had to what do you suppose if there ever was a budget what do you suppose the military budget looks like different this year? Do they just, if all of a sudden you you pull an aircraft carrier from one place to another, you just shift the money from one side to the rest? Or how, how do you, when do you have to change and ask for more dough? Well, I think they need to get. Well, they definitely need to get more ammunition. You know, the the artillery shells. You know, the stuff for Israel and the the uh, the artillery for Ukraine. I mean, both of those. Are there's a lot of air defense involved with Israel now, so that they need um, you know air defense ammunition, and then in Ukraine they need uh, straight artillery. They've got to start uh, bombing the uh, Russians more, and maybe we do more drones too. I mean the Ukrainians have done very well with drones; they could probably benefit from that. Uh, but you know, you, they, we're still shipping them heavy tanks and things like that too. So, well, there's got to be a, a ma- say 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 we have an an aircraft carrier in the Mediterranean most of the time somewhere. I, mean, I think we used to right, or, or somewhere over in there. And you no, know, we used to have a, a well, not a aircraft carrier as much as we always had a command ship in the Mediterranean, and now our guys in the Red Sea are getting uh, you know attacked really on a daily basis by the Houthis from Yemen. So something's got to give there, too. Well, I guess my, my question is, if you had a, a carrier group there, or in an Indian Ocean or someplace, under normal circumstances, I mean, even though they're, they're sort of there, a lot of times they're on, they're on leave, there's a base, there's something. It's not the same as every ship actually out in the Indian Ocean where you got planes coming and going all day and you got 15 ships with you and submarines and everything else that's got to be way more expensive than just the normal ships in the area isn't it 
Well, we've, uh, yes, I think it is. You know, but for years we've used Diego Garcia as a base out in the Indian Ocean, and and we, you know we have well we have a a big navy well not a big but a decent sized navy base uh, in Italy. So you know the Mediterranean's kind of taken care of uh, the Indian Ocean, but the, the I don't know what we're doing for instance right now with the Persian Gulf. I think that's now. Uh, seems to be de facto Iranian uh, territory because they keep their, I think they're keeping us out of the Persian Gulf, but I don't, well, of course, we got a base in Bahrain, too, so you know, we, we've got plenty of bases. It's it's how we're using them. Well, would you want to be the captain of a carrier strike group in the Persian Gulf? I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't either, but uh I mean, they they know how to stay on alert, and a Carrier Strike Group has a lot of power. The the one that's in the Eastern Med, you know, that's a lot of firepower. So. Yeah, but what if if you're stuck in there? If something ever happened, you're you're kind of stuck. Even though. Well, but in the Mediterranean, for yeah, the yeah. most part, that you know, that's that's our terrain. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we pretty much rule the Mediterranean. The Persian Gulf is a little tougher because of the, the Straits of Hormuz and all that. So we send, uh, like, destroyers and stuff in there, right? I, I I know we've had aircraft carriers in there before, but, boy, wouldn't want to be that captain. No, we definitely send, uh, at least we used to, send them into the Persian Gulf. Ugh, ugh. Um, so what, I mean, uh, as all this starts to blow up as we head into this election... Um, I've heard stories that uh, from, who do we have on the list? Well, Kenny Polcari was talking about he thinks Biden bails and it's going to be uh, the guy from California. I'm not so sure I like that guy at all either. Well, you know, I would uh, I would kind of agree with uh, Kenny Polcari. I mean, I mean, Gavin Newsom is already positioning himself as the de facto successor in Kamala Harris is, you know, well, unfortunately, she's just not up to the job, nor do I think Gavin Newsom, and he's kind of run California into the ground. So um, we'll have to see what happens. But you can't let you can't let what Scotty used to say: you can't change the laws of physics. You can't tear down your power plants and and, and move and move everything to electricity at the same time. I mean, it just or is, or is he pulling the same stunt where he's telling people he's doing he's doing something else? Maybe I don't know. And uh. Kenny also thought Nikki Haley was going to run past Trump. What do you think of that? I think she's got a chance because I think Trump will step on it eventually. I mean, we shall see. Because he just can't keep his mouth shut. Plus, he's got the 91 indictments against him for felonies. And, I, you know, if he gets convicted of a felony, uh, I don't think he can run. So we'll we'll have to see what happens. What do you like? What, what do you think of her? I don't know that much about her. I've heard criticism that she's like a, a Rumsfeld and Cheney wrapped up together. But is it is, is it that bad? I don't think it's that bad. And she seems like she has common sense. Well, and she was governor of uh, South Carolina, so she's got some executive experience. Ambassador of the UN. She kind of knows what's going on uh, internationally. I I think you know she would be pretty decent, and and it'll be funny watching Trump and her if that's what happens, and I think it will. It, 
you know, Trump will step on it with her somehow. Well, he he doesn't want to be on the same stage with her, the two of them. I mean, she's way more knowledgeable and just about everything than he is. I mean, I don't think, well, he, and he's not we'll going to be able. See. I mean, he's already calling her bird brain, so you know, just yeah. like everybody else, you know, he. I don't think he's afraid to be on the stage with her at all. So. Well, he's not. Afraid. I mean, he. I mean, I don't think he can do the stuff about uh, who, who's the, the little guy from Florida. Where all you guys have talked about? Yeah, DeSantis. No, no, no. The guy who uh, he ran against last time. The guy who was a senator. Oh, Rubio. Yeah, Rubio. Uh, we, we, you know, when he started giving him the stuff about the, the small hands, well, he wasn't talking about his hands, right? No. I'm just. Well, I mean, I mean, I don't think he's going to get away with that with her. I don't think. No, I hope not. But, yeah, I hope not too. I, I, I think Haley Tom will be, you know, so different. You know, if there were a debate, let's say with, with her and Trump on the same stage, I think Haley's positions on Ukraine, um, and what's going on in the Middle East right now would be so starkly different from Trump's and so out of step with the mood of the country right now that I think she's a loser. Really? What are, what are her positions? Real quick. Well, she's, she's, she's part of this, you know, the Paul Wolfowitz crowd, you know, from the from Bush 2. That's what I mean. She's more, she's a neocon. That's what I... Of the Iraq war, you know, no war is, is too crazy for us to get involved in, so... I think you know she'll, that's not going to play with people. I don't, not the mood of the country right now, anyway. With everything else headed, you know, I'm going to ask you guys. I've known you for a million years. None of us were ever. <clears throat> I mean, we had uh, all kinds of good times and some wacko times together. None of us was ever to the point where, if if a certain basketball play didn't work five times in a row, that we felt we had to keep running just because it was our play. I mean, even if. You might have agreed with the neocons back then about Iran and those other places, Iraq, 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 not Iran. Over time, you had to realize it was a really horrible idea. Yep. I mean, how do you, how do you, yeah, how do you stick with it? It's one thing to say this, this pass down the middle really sounds like a pretty good play, but when you do it, and all of a sudden the, the middle linebacker hits you right in the snoot. You say maybe that wasn't the right call. <laughs> you you, you got to. I tell you what, if if I was ever like that on trading, <clears throat> well, yeah, this stock's going up because I think it's going up. I tell you, I wouldn't last very long. <laughs> Maybe everyone should be a trader before they become a politician. You get to say you're wrong a lot. <laughs> we'd have a better crop of candidates. Though. Oh yeah, we'd have something. Mike, thank you very much. As usual, your stuff really adds. Jan, you gonna hang around for Nancy? Sure. I'm here. Okay, well, we're gonna go to break here real quick. We'll make it a quick one. SP futures down 17. Okay. Nasdaq futures 79. And again, gold with a big U-turn since last night. We'll talk about that right back, Stocks and Jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. 
Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Uh, dresses in outerwear, 40% off. Okay. Hello, everybody. Stocks and Jacks. Uh, SP Futures down 18. NASA Futures down 84. We'll keep this short because we're a little run over here. Dow Futures down 91. This is after, well, I'll review Friday real quick. Another update on Friday. Dow was up 294. That was like, is that 800 and, uh, 850 points in two days or something in the Dow, Greg? SP Futures up 26. NASA Futures are up 78. Uh, so we had a big week. Uh, We'll see if this week turns around a little bit, maybe not. The big news this morning is gold. I've got it down three bucks. It doesn't sound like much, but it was up 26 last night. And the dollar turned and gold turned with it. Uh, over in Europe, real quick, we've got the DAX uh, up 18, FTSE up down 34, CAC around down 20. It's a little bit of a mixed bag. Asia, some news. Nikkei down 200.6. That's not the news, but Hang Seng down 184, almost down to 16.5, 16,600. Shanghai down 8, making its move towards 3,000, 3,022. We've got um, Bitcoin. We'll do the crypto and then we'll head off here. Bitcoin up 2,200 bucks, 41,857. Massive move there. That's a 5% move. Uh, not much difference, I guess, between a stock at 100 times revenue and something that has no revenue. What's the difference? Uh, dollar is slightly slightly stronger this morning. It's probably what turned gold around. Euro down a little bit and uh, at 108.7. British pound of 126.7. Not much, not much action in there, but uh, enough to turn to gold. What do you got for us, Trevi? Weather sports quickly. Um, quickly. We got 35 degrees in Chicago. The Bears didn't play. Today. Who cares? Yeah, the Bears didn't play. They're still in last. <laughs> Phoenix is 41 degrees right now. 71 today. Partly sunny. Traffic. We'll do uh, inbound from Lake Cook is 75 minutes, and inbound from 294 to the Rhine is 25 minutes. Hawks lose at Wild. That was 1-4. Bulls beat the Pelicans at home, 124-118. So what do you do if your best player's out for two games and there's the only two games you win? Uh, you might want to maybe limit his playing time, see what happens. Yeah. Suns beat the Grizzlies, 116-109. And uh, Arizona win at the Steelers. That was 24-10. So I got you. How did the Steelers lose Arizona? Yeah, that was interesting. The Steelers lost their quarterback. Trubisky actually played a little bit. Um, do you notice how much happier Nancy is? You didn't have to watch it bear, Bears lose? Yes, that is correct. Still, I watch Kansas City lose. Well, there you go. Are you, are you an anti-Green Bayer? No. No, 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 no. I was just surprised to see. I just didn't think that um, Kansas City would lose. That was. I mean, it was just surprising because they usually are very good. I don't know. Neither did your niece. I Taylor Swift was up there. She didn't go up to see him lose. Well, she saw him lose. I know, but she, that's not why she went up there. She, she assumed they were going to win, I'm, I'm imagining. Taylor Swift didn't bring a coat. They had to get her one. She was in a skybox. I know, and Brittany Mahomes had to give her her coat, and then they gave Brittany Mahomes wore a um, Chiefs coat. So I don't understand why Taylor Smith's, Swift couldn't have worn this, the Chiefs coat. I mean, my goodness. I have a feeling that when they said skybox, she equated that with heat. Yeah, I, I think she was kind of surprised myself. I'm sure she said, why is this window open or something along those lines? Yeah, even the announcers had coats on. Um, I think they do that somewhat for effect, but yeah. It, yeah, they, what's her name on the sidelines? She's got the hat on going. You know, I, I was, uh, I don't, what was her name? Uh, God, there's so many of them. I was, I was stunned that she has the, uh, 
I think she had what the Canada Goose coat, and she didn't turn oh, her sleeve. Well, she didn't turn her sleeve into the. If I'm the Canada Goose guy, I'm pissed. I gave you that coat, gave you guys money for this. I want the, I want the sleeve to be seen. <laughs> yeah, I understand. What do you think, John? Do you watch football? I didn't, Nancy. I occasionally watched it, but usually only college or high school. I, I, I'm kind of turned off on pro football these days, especially the Bears. God. What do you think? Did of you it? watch Georgia and Alabama? I watched a little of it. I watched okay. about, about a half hour of it. Did you watch the Alabama get yet another great call that probably gained them the game? And one they didn't review, the fourth down play? I, I missed that one, but it doesn't surprise me. No, they, they, uh, are you surprised FSU got screwed? Although, no. although Greg thinks it's all the best because uh, the gamblers want the other guys in. Oh. Nancy, are you a fan? Are you a fantasy football fan, Nancy? Yeah, I have. I play fantasy football. Yes. Because I, 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 I mean, I, I don't play it, but my you know, nephew and other people I don't play it, and I'm wondering, do, does do you see this factoring into, um, betting culture in a positive or a negative way? I mean, what's the, what's driving it? Do you think? Fantasy football. Fantasy football usually has its own betting off on the side, um, so I, I can't say. I mean, it, for me, I'm not. You know, I mean, I'm not in it for that. But I, I think one thing that um, I saw last night in a commercial that I thought was strange was they're all at a bar and then um, they're with the t- they're with a team and. Um, the one girl says to the other girl, did you just place a bet against the team? She said, you better, and the girl smiles, and she says, you better make sure that um, you look uh, disappointed when they lose. And she goes, for sure they're going to lose. So she just bet from her phone. People I would have thought once the game started, no betting should go oh, on. Oh, no, 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 you can bet second half. You can bet the, ne- you can bet the next strike. I mean, almost in baseball. Oh, my goodness. And that, that I don't think is a very good idea at all. I was just surprised at that. I was just wow. Well, are you are you but in the are you in the somewhat sane fantasy? Or are you in the one, Gregor? The one you're not in the eight hour draft where you have individual people on defense and everything else, are you? Not really. You're you're in you a standard can, one. You everybody gets ten players and a kicker. Both. And I mean, the daily is good for it. You'd want to do it weekly, so you draft weekly. That's about as far as I go. Oh my goodness. So, Nance, you're just the one you draft once and you got your guys and you can make a trade and that's it? Yes, that's that's the one I'm in. Yeah, and it, it's unfortunate because um, once your players start going out, there's nobody left in the pool to, to, to get anything from, in my opinion. Well, I, I think so the fantasy, I don't, I don't do it, but I think the fantasy is, is like us getting together for an Notre Dame game. It's a way for people who care about each other to get together for four hours and and argue and have a couple of beers and, and get to keep together for a whole season. I think it's most fantasies purely social. Am I wrong there? No, I thought it was until <clears throat> I believe that people are, you know, betting on it. And um, so I have no idea in the world. I don't think it influences the game. But Well, fantasy uh, better than that. I hope fantasy doesn't. The other stuff yeah. I wonder. Well, I mean, for a long time, if you were if you're a big shot better, and I say a big shot, I think you're a big shot. The NBA games, Greg, wasn't it the uh, 
say the Bulls, um, I was going to say the Bulls are favored by 10. I don't see how they could be. But if they're favored by 10, and all of a sudden they're up 20 at halftime, well, the second half bet, they're probably underdogs, right, Greg? I mean, no. It, it, no, it doesn't always work that way. Well, but a lot of times it does. I mean, no. we're going to say, okay, they're, they're so far ahead, the other guys are going to come back a little bit. They might be three-point dogs for the second half. So, Maybe. So a lot of you know the, the geniuses of the world think that the second half bet is where the real gambler bets because he's the one who really knows the game better. Than he, you know, there's all kinds of who the real gambler is, but they've been going, all that stuff's been going on for a while. Yes, but I mean, the idea now that you can essentially bet the, the quarters – What's the what's the quickest bet you get down, Greg? You can't get a bet down on the next pitch, can you? Or can you? I th- I'd imagine it's some of those prop ones that come up just as a way to keep people engaged. I bet you can do something on the next batter. In yeah, inning inning wise or strikeout wise or you know K versus K or maybe something like that in the prop universe. But is it going to really. save us? Like like the lottery was supposed to do and off track betting is it gonna save us? It's just mindless entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, you, there you go. I think you've been accused of something, Nance. I'm not sure exactly what, but oh, I do it more than. Isn't it like like adding derivatives to you know team betting or something? I don't you know. complicate formulas enough so that there's more money to be made and more permutations, combinations of people. Um, that it makes it you know it adds to the competitive nature of the game in a way that the team sports seems to have kind of run out of gas with. So. Well, plus they, they try and do all these combination bets where you, I don't think you ever really want to... fantasy. Fantasy is its own team sport. I mean, you, you've got your team and you, it's just another way to drink and talk trash with your friends. That's what I'm saying. I, just, I think it's pretty harmless in that. Yeah, there's a lot of combined energy that goes into those that are, you know, <laughs> of questionable utility. <laughs> well, <laughs> God. So, Nance, what's going on in the, in the real estate I'm world? I'm not uh, talking down to anybody. I do it more than you guys. I know that. <laughs> well, nobody knows more about, uh, you know, you go up to meet your buddies to watch the, the Irish play or wherever your team happens to be. I guess you can say it's the waste, most wasted four hours in the world, or you can say I connect with all my people. It's the it's the best of life, I mean, depending on which way you look at it, right? <laughs> yeah, as long as too I much money so. isn't getting evaporated. Yeah. I mean, uh. A lot of times, I mean, how many times have we hit a, you know, something, a little party over to Audrey's and had people over to watch the Irish or a, or the Super Bowl or something? I mean, it's it's a way to get together. You need an right. excuse, and that's what we do. So, Nance, what's going on? Uh, mortgage rates down a hair. They keep talking about uh, mortgages up some, but 10% of nothing is still nothing, right? Uh, that is correct, as far as I know. As I heard, that is very true. Where do the rates have to go to where... A regular person who now has maybe another another offspring in the family can sell his three bedroom house and go buy a four and, and do the trade. We're still not even close to that, are we? If he's got a three percent. Oh God, no! I would think you'd have to be in the fours. Any chance of getting there? I I doubt it, but you know you never know. What do you think, John? So. Oh, I, yeah, I don't think it's a long way off, Tom. I I think twenty twenty four. My fear is that 2024 is going to be the kind of the year of reckoning with all of this because um, you know, Evergrande just got kicked down the road a couple of months you know, late last night, early today. You know, Hong Kong time, um, they got bankruptcy that was going to either liquidate them or you know have some other resolution to it. Um, they got it adjourned for until January 29th, I think. 
and even no matter what happens, it's just going to be a carving up of, of pieces of the corpse. And it, I mean, who, who's going to take what stake and whatever is left over? And it, all that's left over is a lot of debt. I think so many banks, um, the cities in China, worldwide, there's going to be fallout from from this if this thing liquidates because there's not enough money around to make anybody whole. And I think it's going to kill the commercial market dead, um, which is already kind of, I think, a life support in a lot of cities now. If you had I, a, I just think 2024 is going to be a really tough year for any kind of somebody seeking a mortgage at any rate, really. Well, now, what did you say? Who's going to go under? Evergrande. Uh, Evergrande. Well, you know, they're, they're, they're they going to get their bankruptcy uh petition and I don't understand Chinese bankruptcy law at all and I don't think the Chinese really have a good mechanism for it like like we do here but um, if they had if the plan had been um, rejected that would have meant that you know that everything is just split up the company is dissolved and there's all these people who have you know a piece of this with you know unbuilt buildings and people have forked over considerable sums of money to get a house built and now they're looking at nothing, not even a hole in the ground. Um, there'll be tremendous political upheaval, economic upheaval and it's, it will take down the rest of the, the real estate industry in China and probably ultimately at lots of other places too. They, they kicked it down the road for two months where holding out the hope that there'll be some way of you know, saying you know, bank X, bank Y whatever gets a piece of whatever there's left of Evergrande, and they'll do what they can with it. Um, but I just don't see that being a solution to what, what's going to happen. I, yeah, I it's ever, it's Evergrande is the uh, the second biggest property management place or builder over in China, right? The number right. one, the number one guys are kind of following. What's their name? There's something Garden Country, Country Gardens. Though. Yeah, they're not in his. They're not all the way down the bankruptcy road, but they're heading that way, right? They're heading there. Yeah, I don't see them being able to, you know, get out of this path either. I think they'll go down the same path. The reason why we talk about it a lot, uh, Nance, is that a it's it's you know it's your area. It has to do with with uh, real estate and so forth. But also, it's uh, even Dan Janitas, who knows an awful lot about this debt, is not able to put his finger on who exactly is in the most trouble here. A lot of this was uh, dollar-denominated debt, so it came from here. I don't know if there's a list of if everybody gets zero on the dollar, we have not been able to figure out on the show, there must be somebody somewhere that knows these are the ten people that are most in trouble in this country. Or it could be some place that has, you know, five billion dollars worth of equity and this is gonna be a three hundred million dollar hit where it's not fun but it's also not life threatening either. So there really doesn't seem to be any any sort of a clear clear roadmap here, John, of who's in trouble where or when, right? And, and by design, too, Tom, I think... Oh, I would agree with that, too, yeah. Um, because it would, it would it would really, you know, spook people need to have bank runs and everything else, you know, before we're through. So, I, I think that's that's information they don't want in general circulation. Well, right now, if you have a... if you own a, a band of uh, those guys, I gotta believe you're looking at it at zero. Yeah. I mean, I don't think. Are you thinking to get ten cents on the buck? I maybe, but it, like I say, I have no idea how Chinese bankruptcy work. Do they? Yeah, I don't. You know, it's more likely look at zero from what I've been reading. Tom, I don't think there's there's any 
any way to bail this out where there's going to be survivors to any great extent. I just I think it's going to take down everybody. What happens if uh, they do stuff a little bit differently there, Nance, I believe, than we do here? I mean, I, I'm going to walk through this real quick. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. The, the place like where the big development where Audrey's living, the guys are doing yes. this stuff. Now, if, if you want a place, uh, you got to give the guy a deposit, right? And say, okay, I want to put maybe it's 5% down, whatever it is. I have no idea. I mean, it's what I'm asking you. You put that down, but you you don't close. You don't get a mortgage. Nobody, You're on, not on the hook for the property until the thing actually is completed. You do your walkthrough, and you get your mortgage, correct? Correct. I, I think in China, you get the mortgage out of the gate, right, Jan? And then you own the place before it's yeah, even built. And, and with a minimum of 40% down. So these, what? Yeah, so these, yeah. these cities that you just see buildings with, like, unfinished condos and stuff and I think the people who allegedly own the condo they can't live in I think they've got a full mortgage or some of them, some of them have full they mortgages do. on them right right and you know there's some there's another factor here too if, if this causes a you know people lose their their jobs in the real estate industry it, it happens all the time in, in, in slow periods I've seen it happen in Chicago you know when I was in real estate and peaks and valleys and people getting laid off people getting hired again but if, if you default on a mortgage in China as an individual, let's say, um, from what I, I've read, you're blacklisted. You're not going to get another mortgage. I mean, could you imagine this country if people who have defaulted could never get another mortgage? You, you'd see the real estate industry crash. I think, I think right. in California, a mortgage is not considered a personal debt, is it? Well, they might have d- done some sleight of hand there because, you know, there's always a note in Illinois, I know, you know, which is a personal obligation exclusive of the mortgage. But it would, wouldn't surprise me that you could walk away from California. They've done other crazy things there. Well, I mean, I guess my, if, if these guys go under and there's a building that they built, it's never going to be finished. Can you stick the person for the mortgage forever when he, when he can't even live in the place? Well, you know that's not going to go over with people, but that's, I think... Theoretically, those people are expected to keep paying until there's some kind of education that's going to be that's the biggest correct. class actions in history. To who? Who are they, who are they paying to? There's nobody working on a place. Well, this is this is what I think they're holding out for in this, in this bankruptcy. Ah, okay. are, are there enough performing mortgages of people hoping that they don't lose everything and they'll continue to pay with the ex- expectation they'll get something out of it? And will, will that be attractive enough to whatever investors can? hold on to what's left of Evergrande and, you know, get, get the thing moving again and finish deals or projects. But that that really is a pipe dream, I think. I, yeah. I think you're going to see a revolt of, you know, the individual homeowners. They're not going to stand for that. Well, the first time anybody moves into one of these places, then you got to go out and get a police force and you got to have got to turn the streetlights on. <laughs> I mean, it's the most yeah. bizarre thing. Nancy mentioned that the... Uh, the, the move around rate, I'll get rid of my 3.5% and move, we're nowhere near that. Or where, where would you say the uh, first-time buyer is willing to commit? If it's if it's back down to 6, 6.25, which I would say is kind of a long-term rate, is that okay for people? Because these prices keep going up, which is even weirder, isn't it? Well, well the first-time homebuyer doesn't... Um, the first-time homebuyer is in a different category than... The one we were talking about before. Right. I mean, they they have to decide whether they're going to pay 
all in, no matter what the interest rate is, are they going to pay more or less than their rent? And um, I'm sure that the, you know rents are are high compared to what you know we have experienced in the past. But I did have someone who um, got a very high rate for a lot of you know uh, reasons that were poor choices and. I said, she said, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to accept that rate. I said, okay, that's fine. But then before I, you know, before the day's end, let me know because these rates change by the minute. But the bottom line is you have to decide, go try and look at something to rent. And she came back and said, oh my God, I'm even with this ridiculously high rate, I'm $500 under anything I could rent. Well, that's something. Yeah, it yeah. is. So, I mean, it, it, it you know, the first time home buyers really comparing to rents, they're not. They, in other words, if they, I tell them, if you love the house and you're marrying the house, don't worry about it. You're not marrying the rate. I mean, there's a possibility you can refinance out of the rate. So don't don't even worry about the rate. It's whether or not you can marry the house and get out, pay less on rent, and the rate becomes the third subject. Well, it comes down to how much you how much you can afford per month. What. What are right. what's what's happening with the taxes and insurance? Is that still spiraling? Is that is that no? I I don't think I I mean to, everybody I I run into says well you know I, I'm not going to live in Illinois because the taxes are so high the taxes are so high and I understand what they're saying but I have done financing in like other states and I have found like the same house that they're buying. Is probably a hundred thousand dollars more than the same house you could buy here. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, people get this thing in the back of their mind and they say stuff, and it's not. It's like people saying that you know Biden's killed the oil industry. Well, he he may want to, but the fact is, we're doing a million barrels more a day than when he got in there. Maybe maybe if he wasn't anti-oil, it'd be a million and a half. But you can't say he killed it when it's higher. You know, I mean, right? You know, some some states. I actually, uh, of course, I can't find it, Nance. Uh, I'm so disorganized, but the uh, there's so much stuff too, so I won't say I'm that disorganized. But you had to do with which states have the highest taxes, mm-hmm. and, and it all comes down to where you're at and, and, and the and, and the life thing. If according to this thing, the highest taxes if you're an old fart is Wyoming because they have the highest uh, state tax, mm-hmm. and yet. You know, other stuff, just just because somebody has... I mean, people say, well, go to Wisconsin. Wisconsin's... Aren't their sales tax higher than ours, John? Or as high, and their property taxes are more... In our places, yeah. You know, higher than maybe not Chicago's. Yeah, higher statewide, probably. But we're not even here, either. Are we, Are we Nancy? I mean, in terms of property taxes, there's places where it's, I'm going to say, relatively okay, and there's some places that they gouge you. I mean, this is all right in the same county, right? Right. It's, it's very strange how... Um, the someone says something and it automatically just makes it true. Illinois, you know, I mean, Cook County's taxes are high. Yes, I agree. But if you're in the city, in in the Chicago proper, they're not as high as anywhere near to the suburbs, and the suburbs are nowhere near as high as um, you know, some some of these other states are lower, but the price of the home is more. So. Right, let's just say you're paying five thousand dollars more a year living here than you are somewhere else. This is my great example. 
And to get $100,000 back, you know, you've got to be living there 20 years before you even break even because you paid more for the house. Well, that's why I... Just simple math, I mean. Well, but it's... Let's put it this way, Nance. It's it's that simple to everybody. I mean, for for me, I mean, I, you know, all the crazy stuff I, I learned in school. All I want to know is what the monthly nut is, and that that's the number. Whether you buy it, whether you rent it, whether it's taxes, whether it's something else, I almost don't care. What what can I afford per month, and everything else falls out. But but no, nobody thinks like that. You know, they 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 somehow. I mean, it, it all comes down to really the bottom line. I mean. I mean, you're, you're, I mean, you're saying that in this place this is expensive or to rent this and rent that. It all comes down to how much can I afford, right? Right. And and so why, like I'm saying, why get married to the rate? It's got nothing to do with, sometimes it's got nothing to do with the equation. It's about the whole thing. Can I, what am I going to pay in rent? What am I going to pay if I stay here? What am I going to do? pay if I go there? And then um, one couple I financed this year, uh, they claim, I mean, I have no proof of this, but between the two of them, they're spending $700 in tolls coming back and forth. That doesn't surprise me. It's eight, you know, bu- it's eight, it's eight, eight bucks either way on the Skyway, for God's sake. Yeah. That's is 16 bucks. Well, seven seven fifty, is it, Greg? Yeah. So you're coming in from oh, him and you're 15 bucks a day just in tolls. And then you got to pay a little bit on the Indiana toll road. And then you got to well, pay that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so they said by the time we're better off just coming back here and staying here. I mean, we left because we thought the taxes were too high. We went to another state. We thought it was great. And then we found out, you know, we added everything. We were spending more money. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, you got But uh, I don't think the house insurance hasn't gone up as much as the car insurance, has it? No. No, 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 no. No. And um, so that's not even the issue. The issue is just basically um, people are saying, I don't want to pay that rate. Or I don't I, I don't want to live in Illinois anymore. And, you know, the, it's just too expensive. But another borrower told me that they can't even get the, the pay is here in Chicago. You know, the pay scale is, is the best here in Chicago. Well, not... That's- well, that's why people, no, nobody wants to live in Manhattan at $2,500 a month for a studio unless you're making three hundred grand in Manhattan and you only can make 50 somewhere else. And the, the, the money, always, the reason why people pay to live there is because people are making that much work in there. It, 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 all, it all flows from the top, doesn't it? Well, I believe it does, but it just seems to escape the average person when you're having this conversation with them. Maybe we should do something with our schools. I, well, that's a whole other subject. I mean, get Audrey on that one and you'll never Oh, I know, I, I know, I know. It's a, hey, uh, we got a dash here. We have a... Um, so what do, you th- what do you think about FSU? They get screwed or not, Nance? And the football. Alabama getting in there? What is... What is, is, is Does Alabama have pictures on somebody or what? They get I, I just wish they would have had. The, if Georgia would have won, then they would have had four teams going that had a you know won every game. So that would have been nice, um, right? Yeah, that's true. Georgia, Georgia did. Uh, I don't know. They, they, they're a pretty even game. They're two really good teams. Anyway, SP Futures. Yeah. Now we're down twenty-seven. We're leaking pretty good. Gold, which is up twenty-six bucks, is now down. I'm long gold, so I can't say I'm real happy with that. Uh, Nasdaq Futures down one twenty-three. Red and South here this morning. 
Talk about tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.